Well, um, it, it's a privilege to be up here, and uh, it was, I don't know about you, um, last weekend um, was really powerful, and I did hear some feedback from some people uh, about their experience and had first-hand testimonies and some really wonderful things that happened. It's the Father's heart to, uh, to make him known as a reality to you. Um, I, I hear the words right now is that he wants to bring his love to everybody and for us to live in that reality. And uh, so I just pray uh, that that would um, be ongoing, uh, that you would experience that all the time. And uh, that's really his heart. And so I pray right now that, um, Lord, my, my words are not my words, they're yours. And uh, we ask for the anointing of your Holy Spirit to come uh, and uh, just speak what you want to say at this time. So uh, I did, I was praying yesterday and uh, I just have a word for the church and uh, this is what I feel he's saying at this time. Uh, I'm moving in a way so that the heart of me can be fully recognized by you. I am not one that stands alone. I am moving in tandem with your hearts. Don't be discouraged at times because I'm always there. I see you where you don't feel included at times. I'm moving to show you that my love is for you and will remain steadfast. I am the one who comes to you. I am bringing a new love into your hearts. I am bringing you an ability to see how I move in your hearts. Recognize where I am bringing you all. I'm bringing you to a wholeness and a heartfelt love that sees the minds and hearts of those who need me more than ever. And that's what he wants for us as a church. This is the time to rise up, be ready for hope that brings you to allow you to stand and I, bring, I want you to stand in a place of readiness at this time. So I just bless you with that in Jesus' name. Um, it's really, at the, he's really wanting to work on our hearts uh, so we can come into an experience of him uh, that we um, can see, oh, that fell off my ear, uh, see uh, uh, the hearts and minds of those that really need to, to experience him at this time. And they're in the coming uh, weeks and years ahead, um, that's going to be very important. But I wanted to speak to you this morning um, on, on belonging. I get, I get to use this. Am I going the right way? I'm going backwards, am I? How am I doing? Oh, it looks like I'm going to... Yeah. How are we going? What's that? Okay. 
Yeah. How are we doing there? It's a pause, yeah. You can just pause for meditation. Uh, slide number two of that. All right. Uh, belonging is something central to all of us in our hearts. God just placed it within our hearts. And to really know about belonging, you have to be able to answer um, these four questions. Where to go? Uh, whose am I? Who am I? Where do I come from? And where am I going? There are the four questions that are answered. And when we answer those in our heart, we truly know where we belong. Oh, there it is. So what is actually belonging? And I was praying about this, and I don't like to look up uh, um, definitions or anything. Sometimes you just go straight to the Father and ask him what he says belonging is. Well, uh, we can go to slide three. Belonging is a condition where one feels included. Slide four. They have a particular identifying part that is also part of someone else. So I'll say that again. Belonging is a condition where one feels included. They have a particular identifying part of them that is also part of somebody else. It could be physical, soul, heart, or spiritual. Uh, physically, I used to go to a private school. You wouldn't know it now. I'm uh, just kind of a, a really a Nelson guy, you know. But back then, I used to wear um, a school uniform. I had a tie. I had even had a boater hat with the school colors on. I had the school emblem. But that was a physical thing that showed me that I belonged to that school. So, uh, and that's, um, that's something that identified that I belonged to them. Uh, and, and those that have that identifying um, characteristic, they also know they have the trust. Next slide, please. They have the trust of others. So trust is really important in belonging. And um, Jesus knew he could trust his father and he could, only do, he could only do what his father said to do. He belonged to his father. He could trust his father. And really what belonging tells us is that uh, through the bonds of belonging are love, identity, trust, recognition, and the anticipation that good things are going to come from the inclusion that I'm going to uh, that I'm I'm having. So uh, that is so important. Jesus had the trust of his Father, even to the point of going to the cross. He he just you know he stood for the joy that was ahead of him, even though the pain and the agony of it um, meant a lot of cost to him at that time. So you really do have to have that trust, that sense of anticipation that good things are going to come from your inclusion to feel that, you, um, that you're in, 
you are included, that you do belong. So what about you? Uh, do you have, have you had relationships where that trust has been broken? Where your sense of feeling that good things are going to happen from the inclusion, has that been broken? And what about with you with God? Have you feel like uh, you know, you've lost his trust? Maybe there's things you believed about him that really don't line up with his truth, but in your heart you've come to believe those things. And, and I want to be able to address that today to you. And um, I want to tell you that uh, one of the things about characteristics about belonging is, next slide please. Sorry? I tried that one. Ah, huh? look at that. Look at that. Okay. It works. <laughs> Belonging involves a covenant. And now, what's the difference between a covenant and a contract? Well, a contract involves mistrust, uh, a covenant involves trust. So I take out a contract and I've got conditions of that contract because I, I, there's a good chance somebody possibly might screw me over. So it's involving mistrust, but a covenant involves trust. And, uh, and, a God, a, and that's where the godly covenant is established on. And it's an agreement made through relationships. It's made through marriage. It's made through adoption. Forty years ago, I got married to Annalisa, and um, I remember the pastor at the time, Pastor Rickett, and he spoke about um, uh, just the vows that we took, and um, I remember those vows now. It was a promise. There was a promise involved in that covenant that I made with my wife, Annalisa. And, you know, all godly covenants involve a promise. We see God made a covenant with us. How are we doing? Going to go the other way. You see, God made a covenant with us in Ezekiel um, 36 is where we see the Father's covenant and the promise attached to that covenant. And it says, I, give you a, I will give you a new heart and I put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you. Then you will live in the land of your ancestors and you will be my people and I will be your God. That last line just tells you where you really do belong. He puts his spirit in you. So there is actually that part of, we go back to the definition, there's a part of him that's also part of you. And so we belong. We belong to him. Even if we don't, really feel that 
for various reasons. The truth is, you all belong. So I, I would just like at this stage, just for you to come into a place, Father, I may not feel like I belong. In those places where I don't belong, what do you want to give me in exchange? So just go ahead and ask him. Yeah, so in places where I feel like I don't belong, and yet the reality is I do, what would you like to give me in exchange for the places where I don't feel like I belong? What are you saying to me? You could even say, and there's that line in that uh, in Ezekiel that says, I have put my spirit, and you can even personalize that to make that a reality in your heart. I've come to come into an experience of that, especially this year. When he comes to put his spirit in you, that changes everything. It changes everything about who I am. Belonging also gives us a home of security and rest. When I come home to my house, I know I can rest and I can feel safe within my home. But in John 14, the Father says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe me. My Father's house has many rooms. And if it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? So we have our home with him, but also answers the question, where am I going? It tells us in the future, he's gone ahead to prepare a place for us. We know where we're going. It answers that other question of belonging. It tells us that we're included. We are part of him. We belong to him. I keep
forgetting to click the slides. And of course, there's the question of who am I? You know, the Bible, I remember years ago, my first encounter with uh, James Jordan, who was the head of Father Heart Ministries, and he said one thing that really stuck with me. He said, the Bible is about a father who's lost his kids and he wants us back. That's the whole story of the Bible. He gave us his son, Jesus, to come into our hearts so we can experience the love and the belonging and the relationship with our Father again. And really, sometimes the, what gets in the way of that is we get a, a distorted view of who we really are. Who I am is a question that lives in our hearts. It's the very core question of identity. When you know this, we know who we are. But the enemy does come to corrupt our sense of belonging, stealing that very part of us that can leave us feeling alone, distant, disconnected, mistrust, and a loss of identity. Back in 1998, um, you know, I belong to my mother and father. I actually have a particular part of them that's also a part of, uh, that they also have. That's their DNA. And, but it goes so much deeper than just that. Um, and I won't go into a long story about it, but I'll just give you the, the, the upshot of that. In 1998, there was an argument that uh, I had with my mother and father over a disagreement and um, but I remember my father saying to me you're out of my life and you're out of my will um, I was absolutely devastated because that very core of me that knew I belonged to them was taken away through rejection and abandonment it hurts so deep, and I still feel the scars of that now. But the Father is good. He's revealed the higher truth that's there. Because the reality of him is so much more than any reality that we have here. And when you know you belong to him, that surpasses everything. So there's... Uh, there's facts versus truth. Facts are the reality and circumstances that we may live in, but there is a higher reality that we live in of who we really are. And when you receive that in your heart, there is so much, there's so much healing. There's so much security. And when we can receive his love, that just changes everything. So in the corruption uh, that the enemy tries to steal,
we receive, instead of saying, I am a son, I am a daughter, I am loved, we receive a false identity. Our I am's become I am not, or a negative I am. So I am not included. I am not lovable. I am not seen. I'm not good enough. I'm not wanted. I am bad. I am rejected. And you know, there's always a clue in the I am nots. Uh, it's because people will have behaviors that compensate for these things. So let's say, for example, I think I am voiceless. Well, I am going to do everything possible to speak out loud and clear to make sure that I compensate for the belief that I am voiceless. I had a belief that I am not significant. And for a long time, I would have uh, this thing about wanting to be around people that were significant, so I would look significant. So that happens. Sometimes I could say I feel rejected. I am rejected, and that becomes my core identity because the circumstances of life have led to me believe that. But that's not true. The higher truth prevails. And uh, you see people that are uh, say, believe the, the identity statement, I am rejected, they'll actually reject other people before they reject them just to avoid being rejected. So it's just kind of this weird thing. But you know, um, there is so much, so much that God tells us about who we really are. If our journey is about a father who's lost his kids and he wants us back again, we are really his children and he wants us to come into the love and experience of a father that is loving us all the time. You know, my dad uh, was, um, was very much an orphan. He was actually an atheist as well. And I just really had hoped he would have had to the experience of uh, knowing God as his father. And all the questions and all the beliefs about his identity that he had uh, would have just been dissolved away and um, you know, truly know who he is, know that he's loved, and know who his father is. There's such a place of rest to know that. Uh, I'm not very good at using the slides, am I? I'm like you, Mark. <laughs> Just uh, maybe I'll forget that next time. You know, uh, for many years, actually, my my bum would go through our genealogy, and because my dad, being an orphan, uh, really wanted to know where he came from, is that question, and that would probably solve 
one of the, the questions which is um, really about belonging. And um, uh, it, came to, it came to pass that we actually had 13 convict ancestors. Wonderful. Um, but uh, at the end of it, my mum felt satisfied that, <laughs> well, now this is done, Bob knows uh, where he comes from. And, uh, but really, didn't he know that he came from his father in heaven, the creator of all, that we, we are his. We are his. In Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 18, the mature children of God are only those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit and did not receive a spirit of religious duty, leading them back into fear of never being good enough. There right now is that false identity statement, I am not good enough. It's the spirit that changes everything. leading back in the fear of not being good enough, but those who have received the spirit of full acceptance, we are fully accepted. Even when we think we're, we have an identity statement like, I am bad, I'm not good enough, we are fully accepted. Enfolding into the family of God, so where do we belong? We belong in the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection. Beloved Father, for the God, for the Holy Spirit makes God fatherhood real to us as he whispers in our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. We belong. We belong. We have our Father. And we read in Galatians, God called me by his grace and in his love and he chose you from your birth to be his. You belong to him. God's un grace unveiled his son, Jesus, in me so that I would proclaim the message of sonship to the non-Jewish people of the world. That's you and I. You see... In religion, we feel like we have to do everything to reach God. But it's God that came down in our true Christianity to come down to us to release his spirit within us. That's the difference between religion true Christianity. God comes down to us. He's the one that is pursuing us. And he's releasing his son's spirit 
within us. We have the spirit of the Son within us and we enter the relationship of Jesus with his Father and we receive the inheritance of that. Everything that Jesus has inherited in the relationship with his Father, we also receive as well. We don't have to strive anymore. When you get into your heart that, the, that he's come down to us to live within us, and he is within us, if you can get that into your hearts and believe, it changes everything. It changes who I am, where I come from, whose I am, and where I'm going. So, if only my, my dad would have heard that, if only my mother would have heard that, and we knew who we are, and the distortions of this world, we would not be overcome, because his love rests in us. And everything else that goes on in, uh, just seems so trivial, but when we have the experience of his love within us, and we have that sonship, and you know that you are his beloved son and daughter, you can rest. You can rest from striving, everything else. So I'd like you to now, if you'd be willing, just to, um, just to ask, ask Jesus, Ask him, just ask him where you are right now, if you would do that. And you might see him, you might sense him, you don't even have to see him, just to know that he's there. He could be on the outside, he could be on the inside. What's he doing and what's he saying? And I'm wondering if you'd be willing to ask Jesus to take you to the Father.
you have any questions for the Father, is now a time to even ask him those questions. Thank you, Father. I just thank you for your spirit upon here right now. If there are things that aren't of you that you've taken on, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to release them to the Father and ask him, what do you want to give me in exchange for those things I've believed about myself, I've believed about you, I've believed about the world. What are those false identities? You know, I prayed some time ago about this and I heard the Father say these words. I am the one who pursues you until you know me. I am the one who sees you as my own. I have seen you from the very beginning. It's for this reason I have come to you to remove the hindrances that remove you from my presence. 
You need to see me as I am. Recognize how I move. I am the one who is able to see within you to the very depths of you. I am the very life of you. He wants our hearts. He wants everything that he wants permission to be out. He doesn't force himself on you, but he wants your hearts and minds so you can be joined in the true sense of belonging to him so he can move within you. just leave you to meditate on on that. Um, Just bless you.